Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. Good evening, this is Gertrude Kesey coming to you from Kingdom Consciousness. Praise God. Jesus exhorts his disciples and all believers in Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom of God. And yet for many Christians, this is a mystery. What does it really mean to practically seek first the kingdom of God on a daily basis in the context of real life. When Jesus instructs us to seek first the kingdom of God, it's in the context of him teaching on worry, particularly about the practicalities of life, including food, shelter, clothing, and so forth. This is one of the most powerful parts of the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus is clearly showing the difference between living in the old covenant versus living in the new covenant he's bringing through his work on the cross. Life before the redemption of Christ, for the most part, included striving, sweating, working, and just trying to survive by their own resourcefulness and drive. Sin had separated humanity from the abundant provision of God and cursed them with painful toil and working by the sweat of their brow. It also required them to live under the law of Moses, something that nobody was able to do perfectly. This was the reality people had to endure until Jesus came with the new reality, which was the kingdom of God. In this reality, Jesus reconciled humanity to the Father through his shed blood on the cross and restored us to the fullness of what it means to be sons and daughters of the King. A reality where just like in the story of the prodigal son, the Father came running toward the Son in love, restoring him to his place as a son and heir. Every need is met in abundance, every right and privilege restored, and the son had need of nothing. Wow, that's good news. Now in this section of scripture, Jesus is trying to teach them how this new kingdom works. He's drawn a stark comparison between life in the kingdom versus the life they were living in Matthew 6.33 and Matthew where he this is what he says in Matthew 6:25 it starts at 6:25 he says therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink about your food about your body or what you will wear it's it's not life more than food and the body more than clothes and it told them to look at the birds and they don't sow or reap or store away in bonds yet a heavenly father feeds them then he said, are you not much more valuable than, valuable than they? Can any one of you 
by adding by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? He said, look at the flowers of the field. Look how they grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet, I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was just like one of these. So he said to them, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What should we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Seek first is an invitation to a new reality, a brand new reality, the reality of the kingdom. It's an exchange. Instead of living for and by what they can do themselves, Jesus invited them into a life of sonship where provision comes before because of who they were, not because of what they did. There's a difference. Imagine hearing this for the first time. This was new to them. Almighty God is offering to provide everything you need, not just spiritual, but your tangible physical needs. If you simply act, if you simply seek his kingdom first, that is provision flowing out of his kingdom because you are his child and he loves you, not because of how you perform, sweat, work, or strive on your own, not because of that, just because he loves you. So practically, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom? It means that you look to God and his kingdom first for everything you need, including your purpose in life, your daily provision, your creative inspiration, your business ideas, your family relationship, everything. As you become more kingdom conscious, you learn to keep God and your relationship with him in the center of your life. Then all these things will be added unto you. Even more specifically, to seek first the kingdom means to understand and embrace your unique design in God's kingdom. The unique gift and talents that God has equipped you with are designed to both bring you life and also to be used by God to release the transforming power of his kingdom on earth. And as you do that, God is faithful to release vision, provision, opportunity, and authority to walk in the assignment he has created for you. Now, walking in your assignment in God's kingdom assures his favor and provision for your life. So to understand this passage just a little bit more, it's important to examine the larger context of where it lives in the book of Matthews. In fact, this verse finds itself in the middle of what's commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount. And that's found in Matthew's chapters five through seven. In it, Jesus shares a variety of teachings on different subjects, including divorce, prayer, revenge, swearing, oaths, um, adultery, murder, giving to the needy, the law, and more. 
It also includes one of the most famous portion of scripture, the Beatitudes. Now, in all of these subjects, Jesus draws a distinction between life in the kingdom of God versus the life lived in the kingdom of the world. He's showing the people that there's a new reality available to them in the kingdom of God. No longer are they on their own. Listen, trying to navigate life in their own strength, but rather they can enter into the kingdom of God and have every need met without begging or striving. So for people 2,000 years ago, and indeed it's for us today, listen, that is really good news. So the new life in the kingdom has ramifications for every area of living, including relationships, money, emotional health, spiritual growth, and more. Nowhere in scripture are these truths clearer than in those chapters, Matthews 5 through 7. It's in this context that the scriptures seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, uh, and all these things will be added to you, appears. So listen, Jesus instructs us to seek his righteousness in this passage as well. The word righteousness comes from the Greek word, which means different things, righteous, observing divine laws, virtuous, um, of those who seem to themselves to be righteous, who pride themselves to be righteous, innocent, faith, faultless. It means a lot of times only Christ truly approved of or acceptable by God. In a narrow sense, sense, rendering to each his due, and that in a judicial sense, passing just just passing just judgment on others, whether expressed in word or shown by the manner of dealing with them. He's commanding us to not only seek the inner reality of the kingdom, but also the practical outworking of the kingdom in our daily life. In other words, seek to manifest the kingdom in and through your daily life as you live according to the way God would want you to live. It's the practical outworking of what's commonly known, for example, as the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as we grow in consciousness of the kingdom of God and the way he does things, we are used by God to bring the reality of heaven to earth. Many people often ask the question, is there a danger of being too heavenly minded when it comes to seeking first the kingdom of God as if doing so encourages people to take their mind off things in the world and on to more spiritual change. But that's nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the question reveals a fundamental misunderstanding of how the kingdom works. 
The kingdom of God, which Jesus came to restore humanity to, is a kingdom that lives inside of every believer right now. Think of it. The reality of all God's power, provision, authority, creativity, and nature living inside of every believer right now to empower us to live the abundant life that Jesus promised in John 10, 10. So as we live that abundant life, empowered and led by the Holy Spirit, we become conduits of blessing, ambassadors of transformation in the earth. In everything we do and with everyone we meet, we bring the kingdom because the kingdom lives in us. Every relationship, every business dealing, every piece of art, a potential intersection point for the Holy Spirit to use us as instruments of his life and light. The mystery of the kingdom is that it is both coming and here now living, active inside of us. As we see and agree with the purposes of God in our generation, as we become more kingdom conscious, we can walk as empowered sons and daughters, releasing the power of his kingdom day by day, moment by moment. This is how the kingdom works. And in that regard, there's no danger of becoming too heavenly minded. Rather, we are the ones who Jesus has empowered to bring heaven to earth as empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Have a great week. Yeah.